0: Well, hi again to um, all you listeners out there. Um, I must say I've been really, really privileged that uh, Chess Sapphire uh, asked me to do these uh, podcasts on their, um, on their site. And um, I have to say I find it really, really enjoyable that I get to go over these birds again with you. Especially ones I think I know <laughs> a lot about. But when I start looking at them again, I start uh, sort of redefining some of the stuff that I thought I knew. And um, it's, it's great, so it's almost like we're both learning as we go. So I'm, I'm quite happy with it because at the moment kind of sort of reinvigorates me to go through these birds again. And what I am going to do, I'm going to start talking about the owls. And I'm specifically going to talk about three of the larger owls at the moment. That's the Virx, the Spotted Eagle Owl, and the, that's the Virx Eagle Owl, Spotted Eagle Owl, and the Cape Eagle Owl. Um, why I'm only going to do these three now is because there's a couple of interesting facts um, uh, that I'd like to actually speak to you about, owls in general. And uh, these are some of the interesting facts that I'm going to talk about. So here we go. Okay, owls actually include over, really over 200 species of, uh, we could say the most sort of solitary and nocturnal birds of prey in the world. And they they... They're they, they typified by this sort of upright stance that they have. You always see them standing upright uh, wherever they, they, they are. They have a large, broad head, and uh, they have, most of them have got, uh, well, all of them have um, binocular vision, but talk that about, uh, about that just now. Um, binaural uh, hearing, um, very sharp talons. And um, feathers are actually adapted for silent flight. And it's about these feathers that I actually want to talk to you now about. <clears throat> the first thing about is about the feathers. And I'm going to try and do this because um, it's very difficult to try and explain something over the, um, over the airway. So here we go. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, one of the raptor hospital sites or one of the sites where they have a lot of birds of prey, which they have in cages, uh, only because they're sort of making them better so they can actually get out there. And if you go there, they do have um, captive owls, and sometimes you'll stand there, and when they do get the owls out, and they come over you, they they actually surprise you, how silently they fly. And this is uh, actually due to some uh, specialized leading feathers, which they have in their wings. And uh, I'm going to try and explain this to you. As I said before, in one of my other talks, I hate to try and get too scientific, so I'm just hoping that you'll understand what I'm trying to say. But if you pick up a feather anywhere and you look at it, it's got a shaft right up the middle, right? And, um, <clears throat> and then from, these, um, from the shaft, you have what you have, barbs. Barbs coming out from the, from the shaft. They're very thin. Um, these barbs, they join together with uh, barbules. So you now you can imagine. Now you've got this thing in the middle with all these barbs coming out, and they joined, uh, they interlinked. With barbules, and and these barbules have a little small hook or so hooks, hooks on them, and uh, they kind of link together all the way to the end, and which helps make a very uh, fairly so sort of rigid feather uh, that helps the birds fly because you know need to have. I mean, if you watch the glider fly, it's got that uh, strong uh, flat uh, wing, and, and you know the air goes over it If there was nothing there that would go straight through, so that's why they have this. Uh, all the birds have this like very strong. Um, uh, wing, wing feathers, uh, flight feathers, and and when most of the big birds or some of the birds that you they flap their wings, you can actually hear them, um, especially in the larger raptors. But with owls, a lot of these barbules that I spoke about, you know, these barbules uh, with the um, that are joined by these little um, hooks on the, on the leading edges of the flight feathers, they they aren't hooked together, and uh, they actually um, act as a silencer if if, if you well. Let's say silencers. So, um, as I've just tried to explain now, the, the leading edges um, of these type of wings, because they're not joined, they, they're much softer than any other birds, almost like a comb, uh, like, like fringes, you know, which break up the, the flow of the air of these feathers during the flight. So, uh, I mean, the rest of the flight is still rigid. I mean, the rest of the flight, the rest of the, the, the feather is still rigid, but it's just the edges are, are, are like this. And so the air, um, you know, they actually break up that flow of air so it's really, very, very quiet. It's actually fascinating how nature helps you know, these owls uh, uh, in the evenings, especially when they're they they're up there in the trees and um, waiting for something to come down they just swoop down and no one can hear them when they come down. And it's actually amazing. So uh, it definitely helps them when they're trying to get close to their, their prey. Um, one of the other interesting things about the owl is its hearing and its sight. Now, most birds, uh, most birds have what we call monocular vision. In other words, if they've got an eye on the other side of their, their bull, I mean, the one, one will look left and the other one will look right. But when their eyes turn towards the middle and the front, then they get a little bit of binocular view. So a monocular view is looking out the sideways, where the two eyes can't see the same thing. And when they do come in uh, together, and that's what we call binocular um, uh, viewing. So you'll see that the um, most birds, they have their eyes on the side and they have the two which is monocular and binocular. But the owl has its eyes on this big head in the front. So most of its flight, I mean flight, here I go again. Well, I'm getting old. So most of its sight um, is binocular vision, which helps them a lot, especially you know, in the evenings. And uh, they do have a little bit of um, monocular um, on the sides. Yeah, the owls are also known for their really brilliant, wonderful hearing. Um, I've heard it said, and I actually read about it, that uh, that it it can be as much as three hundred times stronger than the sort of average pigeon that you get around. I mean, that is amazing, isn't it? Um, the you could you get like soft types of sounds and a very higher. Um, Sounds uh, to our ears, anyway, uh, they're sort of higher pitch, but uh, it's the, the softer sounds they sort of hear what we can hear, yeah? so it doesn't help them that much. But they they have this reputation that they can actually hear, uh, can hear the higher frequencies, and they, it helps them sort of pinpoint the exact source of these of these noises. And I think that's really really um, brilliant. And the, and the strange thing is, if you know, if you looked at a skull of a human being. And you look where our ears are. They are, you'll see our ears are symmetrical, so the one side of the head to the other side are the same, same height. but now they are, they are sort of aren't, there's actually no um, sy- symmetrical sort of about it because it's, one is slightly higher and one is slightly lower and uh, they say this is to help them localize the position of the noise, so that, that's actually quite, uh, quite amazing. And uh, a few of the owls, like the barn owls, which we'll speak about next time, they have little flaps in front of the ears to help them um, in the evenings, when they, especially when they want to hear where their prayers is and they sort of localize certain sounds. Um, a lot of the bigger owls, um, white-faced and the, um, well, a lot of the bigger owls, we'll talk about a bit later, have these round radial sort of facial discs. And these are also known to reflect and channel the sound to their ears. So, of all the things that you know now, the the owl is really, really good at night, can see very, very well at night specifically, has very, very good uh, hearing, and they have this very, very silenced flight, so not to disclose where they are, especially when they're coming down upon their prey in the evenings. I think that's quite something. Uh, Right here, in South Africa itself, we have 12 owl species. Uh, they're ranging from the largest, which is, uh, in fact, uh, the largest that we have here is the largest in all of Africa, is the Variks uh, eagle owl, uh, to the very small owls, like the pearl-spotted owl and the African scops owl, which we'll discuss in about maybe the third uh, episode from 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 this one. So what we'll do now, we're going to actually move on to what I'd like to do. Is move on to the Verex eagle owl. So uh, that's where we'll start now. Yeah, this uh, Verex eagle owl it used to be known as the giant eagle owl. In fact I think a lot of people still refer to it as the giant eagle owl but it's its proper name is the Verex uh, eagle owl or the African Verex eagle owl. It grows to about um, as we said it's the biggest owl. It grows to around about 66 centimeters. that's in total length. Uh, it's very light uh, sort of gray in color. Very drab in a way, um, if you sort of look at it in the trees with darker wings. Um, but uh, the one thing that you notice about immediately about this owl, it'll have these little, um, small little ear um, tufts, as you call it. It's not actually the ears. It's just like a little ear tuft. Um, but when it blinks its eyes, it has these big eyes, and they have these pinkish eyelids. And as they close their eyes, you see this pink um <laughs> This pink pink eye, it's, it's it's crazy. It's quite nice. You know, it's the skin of um, the the eyes as they close. It's well, you'll always see it when it does that too. But you know, the size of it, it'll also um, will know exactly what you're looking at. Uh, you'll find this huge l mostly in sort of dry wooded areas, in the northern parts of of uh, southern Africa. You know, like the northern Cape upwards, through to the uh, Kruger, from about the northern Cape right. If you looked at the Africa or as it is now, or South Africa as it is now, from where about the Northern Cape, as you go one line across all the way through the Kruger, upwards. That's where you must probably find these Ls. Uh, there is a small part down in the Eastern Cape somewhere where you might find a few of these, or they have been seen there before. But uh, I think your best bet is to go to the Kruger. Kruger, definitely, you'll, you'll find them. They are to find sometimes, but... Um, they're really, really beautiful to find once you've seen them. They will just sit there in the daytimes in this, uh, in this tree, and they won't move. Uh, I'm talking about in the daytime. Uh, the sound they make is a deep grunting... Oh, oh, oh. It sounds something like this. I don't know if you're getting that. It's it's very, very quiet. The sound that I I do have on this uh, Varex is, uh, well, in other words, the giant eagle owl. But, you know, it's um, quite a strange um, sounding of it. But, you know, the thing is, uh, the male and the female, you'll see most of these ones, the male and the female, have have duets um, in the evenings. But the females pitch is slightly lower than the, than the, than the mills, and they can actually be heard about five kilometers away, and that's quite a quite a way to go. They, they tend to start perching around about dusk, you know, and um, either you'll either see them sitting with a partner or a juvenile or something like that, or um, they just sit there and they wait to sort of bounce onto a small game or even catch uh, like one of these sand grasses in flight. They're known to catch them in flight. Uh, you've seen them crashing into bushes to try and get something to come out of the bushes, and they go after those as well. You know some of the small animals. When you for them to escape, then I'll just sort of jump on them. And they basically use nests of of other birds, other birds like crows and and vultures, and you know hammercops. Stick. I'm talking about stick uh, stick type nests, even small goshawks. But it has to be this like really stick type nest. They've also been known to go in sort of big hollows and and, and trees as well. Uh, once the two of them get together, the female will lay about two to three eggs. But you know, if she weighs two eggs, uh, there'll be oh, wait. <laughs> she lays lays two eggs; there'll be about one week apart. You know, with the second egg being a little smaller than the first one. Um, only the female will incubate and and kind of sit on the nest all day. By the way, they'll sit there the whole day and wait for the male to bring food at night. Um, if there's two chicks and the second one does come up. The second will invariably die unless there's a lot of food uh, through through starvation because it's be slightly smaller initially, obviously, because it's one week later anyway. Um, The female would normally brood for about three weeks on the nest, um, and then that's 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 in the nest. Then a bit later, it'll come and start brooding near the nest. After that, but these um, adults, as with the other two I want to talk about, they're very protective of the young, they, they visually attack intruders. Um, the younger birds will start flying in about three months, but uh, then they'll start, between three and five months, they'll start um, hunting for themselves. And uh, you know the one thing we've seen them, they kind of like, once they start hunting, they'll, they'll hang around for up to nearly a year, nearby hoping to sort of still get some scraps from the, uh, from the, the male or the female. So, uh, but that's quite interesting. Eh? So, you must go out there and try and find yourself one of these beautiful um, Viralix, uh eagle owls. Right. This is the second of the eagles I want to uh, eagles. This uh, eagle owls that I want to speak about, and it's one of the favourites or one of the popular because it actually found out that you can find it anywhere in, in in southern Africa. It's the spotted eagle owl. So it's a uh, quite a bit smaller than the. Um, the, than the, the Verix's uh, Eagle L. It's in fact the smallest of the Eagle Ls that we have. It's about about 45 centimeters long, and um, as per the previous L, and the one I'm going to talk about, it has fairly large uh, ear tufts, as I said before. It's not actually the ears. It's just tufts that stand up. Um, they kind of look uh, very dusky brown in color. They've got white streaks on their t- but the one thing you do notice about them, they have these bright yellow eyes. Now we'll talk a bit later about the Cape Eagle Owl, and you'll see there is a big difference between these two, where um, the Spotted Eagle Owl has bright yellow eyes, and the Cape Eagle Owl has um, orange eyes. But there you go. It's uh, mostly a nocturnal bird, as is the other one, and um, but I've, you know you can see them in the daytime as well. Um, if they do come out, when they do come out, they'll normally come out onto a pole or a branch, or even on the side of a cliff, and they'll wait for their prey to sort of go by where they'll swoop down, and they'll catch their prey. And uh, they can eat, it's kind of like eat anything from uh, kind of like uh, large insects to anthropods, uh, small animals, uh, mammals even, birds, and even reptiles. They'll sort of go out there and try and find. Um, they've even been known to actually dash into roosting birds. So there you go, you know, they're not too fussy, but uh, they are very dangerous once they start hunting. As as you know, as I said before, they're very quiet. Um like I said before, you will see this in the whole of Southern Africa and they have this beautiful call, it's like um, and they also call in dirt with the females. Um, it's like a three-way call where they sometimes they have a call, woo-woo, and then they have this other one, who are you? Who who are you? It's like we say, Who are you by itself or sometimes in duet? And this is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that last one. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you sort of heard that part of it. We will have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope, I, hope, I hope you got that from from my little sound box that I've got inside here, where I'm playing these uh, these uh, these sounds. Um, the neso also, well, they, unlike the other one, they 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 tend to scrape it away on the clearing in the ground, or they sort of hide it under grass or something. They're even known to go in hollows of trees, or even the size of a cliff, uh, or maybe even a tree stump. <clears throat> they 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 are they have been known to use. Old, you know, this uh, stick type nest of, of, of other birds, but they mostly you'll see them in the clearing in the ground somewhere where they lay up to between weight, uh, about one to four eggs in about two weeks. So it takes them about two weeks to lay one to four eggs, but when there's a lot of food available, they'll have actually way bigger uh, clutches. Um, but these these birds, both parents, I tell you what, they'll defend their young. They, they actually know, in fact, I was attacked by One of them, I didn't realize he was in the tree, and he came down to me, and I knew there was a nest there. And the youngs were in it, and so they're actually known to attack humans that sort of come near their nest. So don't worry if that happens, just walk away and go sort of move away. But then you can look down at them or up at them with your nice pair of binoculars that you just bought for this beautiful birding adventure that we spoke about in episode two. (laughs) So if you haven't heard episode two, go back and listen to that one. Um, but uh, once these two, like the male and female, they've, they've they've when they find each other, they'll come and stand by the nest, they'll look at each other's upright position, and then they'll bow to each other and they'll make these like clucking noises, and then they'll kind of like start proceed to to sort of lay their eggs. they they are monogamous birds, and they'll they'll stay together for a long, long time. I mean, I've heard of one female having two males, one for about ten or eleven years, and then uh, the same female had another, Male, for just off that one passed away, for another six years, or something close to that, anyway. Um, so that's the other thing. They they can be scared from their the nest, and they'll come out into the open in the daytime. And if they have seen roosting, then they will definitely get mobbed by birds, which is quite a bad or a sad thing. And you know, I've I've known of some actually getting injured when uh, by crows. Uh, but you know, that's life. <laughs> it's not easy sometimes out there. Okay, now for the last of the uh, eagle owls, that's the Cape eagle owl. It's very, very, very similar to the spotted eagle owl. You'll see it in the book, but you need to go and look at it book fairly closely. It's slightly bigger. It's also got very much bigger claws than the um, spotted eagle owl. Um, it's a larger owl, but not as as big as it's like in between the two. That we just uh, and they also got prominent ear tufts. It's got, but as I said before, it's got orange coloured eyes, and it's. Um, it's also got like a very rufous type breast and it's got like dark brown blotches um, on, the, on, on the breast. But what you do need to do is go and look at the bird guide, the one I spoke to you about earlier, and you can identify them and have a look at them and listen to their calls. So you can actually hear, this is the call of the Cape Eagle Owl. <coughs> See, mostly just the two, one up and one lower. It can do three syllables, but most of the time. So they would normally call at night in, in in duets. It also has got a very soft cooing call when the when you know when the male is near the nest and the female comes in. It's got a little queuing call uh, when they have. Then they've been known to have this very loud barking call, and they cluck their beaks a lot when threatened. If something comes close to the nest, they have this. Um, like almost like a dog barking, a barking call when threatened. Um, you normally see them in a different type of environment. They they tend to hang around sort of rocky outcrops and cliffs. Um, and um, mostly you'll see them in the Western Cape and up to sort of the West Coast. So if you walked, if you went to the Western Cape and go up, upwards to the West Coast, then comes across, kind of like skips the coast a little bit, and goes up through the Free State up to the Northern Provinces. Um but as I said before, it's got much bigger, much more powerful feet than the spotted eagle now. And it'll normally feed on smaller mammals, you know, like hares, et cetera. So it actually goes for like a bigger a bigger food. Uh, you might see them in the early morning because they tend to come out in the morning and sunbathe. Uh, but the only problem is when they start roosting, they'll, uh, they won't they will move from that roost until the last minute. You know, if you try and flush it from its spot, it won't move. It'll stay there. Until you're almost like on top of it uh, but they do also get flushed uh, normally uh, by uh, I mean once they flush and they go out then they get mobbed by birds, which is always so sad for them but as I said that's 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 life um, they also scrape on the ground and um, and normally they sort of have a nest on the ledge and, and they will uh, lay um, in this spot they will actually, Uh, Before they lay eggs, they'll actually lay in their nest for a couple of days. You know, they'll just sort of stay there lying together, and they'll sort of lay their eggs. Um, But I really mean you must you must get out there. Have get yourself a good book, as I've said before. Um, And then all these eagle owls that I've been talking about—they're really beautiful to hear in the evenings. You know, if you hear in the evenings, you can hear these owls out there, and you'll hear the wood owl just now. Talk about the wood owl next week. It's also got a really beautiful common call that you mostly hear. At night. Um, Try and get out there and try and see them. And uh, we'll talk about the Pell's fishing owl, which is actually quite big, Uh, the white faced owl, and a few of those. And then the following time, I mean, the next time I'll go into the smaller size owls. Um, One thing I'd like to just add before I finish off is on the 27th of November, there's the Big South African Bird Day, uh, Big Birding Day. So you can get teams, just go into the web, read about it. There's different ways that you can join the competition. I, myself, have uh, got a team of four, and we're doing a 50K radius around our area, and I'm down in near Pennington. And so we called the grey-headed Nobly Coots. So if you think you can beat us, it'd be brilliant. Go in there, and, and, and you'll see our numbers growing, hopefully. So we um, have got three birders that are myself and two others, and they have got a, a newbie at the moment. Um, She's just joined us, and it'll be great to... Um, to be out there and sort of do this so try and try and join in go, and, go into the web, it's the uh, BirdLife SA's um, South and Big Bird Day and it's going to be a lot of fun, it's on the 27th of November, it's all day long so you can go out there and enjoy your birding, so folks until next time, when as I said we'll talk about um, some of the other owls and um, it'll be very interesting I think um, it's not easy to talk about owls because they, they're quite dreary to look at most of them, but the smaller ones, you'll see they'll get but a lot more interesting. Okay, folks, until next time, happy birding from Big L. Cheers.